Welcome back to the Sydney Set, Sydney Spring Carnival. Elegance, thrills and world-class racing await. It's time now to talk to the best trainer in Australia, Chris Waller. He's an absolute star. He's got a three-pond attack in the Spring Champion Stakes this afternoon, as well as the invitation. He's got a couple of horses in the Cox Plate. Good morning, Chris. Good morning. Uh, whereabouts are you this morning? Are you in Sydney or in Melbourne? Oh, I'm in Melbourne today. Yeah, Cox Plate. Uh, with two runners, still held um, <clears throat> main priority for me. But gee, it's just amazing what's going on at the moment, and yeah, it's very exciting for for all participants and people that follow sport. I think we're getting a bigger audience, and um, mm. for all the right reasons. Yeah, well, let's have a chat about those two runners in the Cox Plate, Chris. Uh, Militarised the three-year-old. Uh, he's just a, a super horse, isn't he? Um, I suppose the big question is, is your thoughts out to 2,000 metres for the first time? Um, no problem with that. I don't think it'll be any issue. Um, he's out of a Dubawi mare, and overseas they're a good 2,000 metre horses. Um, he won the, 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 the Champagne over a mile at two, and I think that's a pretty good guide, albeit he mightn't have beaten the competition that he'd be up against today. He's only got 49.5 kilos to carry. And um, and if we can utilise our draw, which is probably my biggest concern, I want to see him jump cleanly because with Golden Rose, he, he jumped fair, but got away with it from barrier one. And then last start in the Caulfield Guineas, he, I think he blew his chance. Chris, uh, fangirl, she was ultra impressive in the King Charles, ultra impressive. She now's got to stretch out to the 2,040 metres. First of all, first off, was this a bit of an afterthought or has this always been a target at the end of the preparation? Secondly, how do you think she'll run out the uh, 2,040? Uh, always been in the plan, providing she was in good form. So we said we'd space her races early, which is what we did. I think she ran. She won the weeks. She ran four weeks in the seven, four weeks to the, uh, or similar to the, uh, the King Charles, and that run to us suggested that she deserved a crack in this race. If she wasn't going to run here, it would have been the Champions Mile on the last day, which would have been another four weeks. So, um. I think um, she'll run the 2,000 metres. Um, she's just always strong at the end of her races on good tracks. Um, she'll get a pretty quick track today. The draw is a little concerned, but, gee, she went to a whole new level last start. And I think she was threatening it. And I think that suggests that she's come back stronger as a five-year-old. And um, who runs last year behind I Wish I Win and Animo are all very good. So she's got the right credentials to say she's a proper weight for age horse. Chris, with Fangirl, and I don't want to draw comparisons to her and Winks um, at this point in time anyway, but these mares, they tend to, she's always shown a good dash, and as did Winks when she was a very young horse. As they get older, is it a case that they learn to, to string those really good sectionals together and that's what makes them effectively such a weapon? Um, I think I think it is, Nick. Um, yeah, I love those good, consistent horses and they're consistent because they can sustain mm. pressure and, and, and sprint. Um, 
I think the big key with this horse is maturity, and we saw that with Winks. Mm. Um, Winks got better and better as she got older, and her form as a three-year-old Winks was only very moderate. As a four-year-old, she was unbeaten, but I don't think she peaked until she was five. And with Fangirl, she's been a sort of a slighter-framed horse, but always had that ability. Like, she won her first race at Goulburn, sort of, uh, in the spring as a three-year-old. She won the Carbine Club and was winning because she was just that much better. But it wasn't really until her four-year-old year where she was getting beaten behind your animos and I wish I wins from bad draws and a bit of luck against her. But as a five-year-old, just different different kettle of fish. So I think maturity and having the ability is sort of the key to those better horses. Up in Sydney, Chris, uh, the feature is the Group 1 Spring Champion Stakes, although the invitation's probably challenging it. You've got a three-pronged attack in both races. We'll start with the Spring Champion, uh, Cap Ferrat, who also had some nominations over in Perth for their summer carnival. Medatsu, who Mick and I both think is probably one of the most interesting runners all day. And then also the filly Tuta Lavitu probably looks as though she's uh, she's um, you know ready for 2,000 metres. Yeah. Uh, three completely different horses. Cap Ferrat. Um, he was a lot better last start, and I think the distance is the key to him. Um, he trotted up sound this morning. He had to undergo a better, better examination. He's passed that. Barry Nine's a little tricky, but as I said, the distance is perfect. Adatsu had a slight setback after he won his maiden, um, but that was a long time ago, and he's, he's, worked, he's done plenty of work since, so I'm happy with him. And, um, yeah, he brings a brings in a lot of unknowns into the race. So, look, these New Zealand horses, this is when you start to see them lift. The Australian bred horses just can struggle when they turn three and up to 2,000. So I'm hoping his, his staying ability can 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 help him through. And Tuta La Vida, uh, she was really good last start. And she's showing to us that 2,000 metres is what she's looking out for. And again, same, same reasons for Madatsu. Um, up and trip, you might just see her find another length and finish off just that bit better than she did in the flight stakes. That's a nice little push there for a uh, potential Oaks and Derby prospects there, Chris. Onto the invitation, you've got Roots, Alentia and Espiona. Uh, which is your pick of those three? If, can you split them? Um, Look, Espiona just needs a touch of luck and she needs to do things properly. We've seen her race. There's nothing, nothing's changed with her. So she just needs to get momentum and have a bit of clear air and go straight. So that's that's tricky from gate 10. Uh, Alentia finally gets a better barrier. Is it too late? She was great at the start of the prep. She's been up a while. I just find horses like her that can get a little bit despondent and lose a bit of confidence. So... There's um there's a bit of a query there, and roots. If I had to, if I had to say one's going to jump out of the ground and lift, I think it would be this horse. She's second up. The first up run was terrific. She's drawn well. She's a pretty good horse. I wouldn't be surprised if she could she could go to a new level today. Is she one that maybe pops down to Melbourne after this afternoon, Chris? Well, she'd be one that's normally in Melbourne. She's Group One placed, and she she's Group Two a Group Two winner. But the prize money's just unbelievable. So she'll go <laughs> on to the Hot Danish in two weeks. Yep. Um, I think it's at Rose Silver. Phillies and Mares Group Two fourteen hundred. 
um, for similar money for what she'd be racing in Melbourne. Like if she was in Melbourne, mm. she'd be running in the Empire Rose next Saturday. It's still a possibility, but uh, when she's Group One placed, already a Group Two winner, prize money's the key. Yeah, absolutely, and two million dollars up for grabs in the invitation this afternoon. Fourteen hundred meters restricted to fillies and mares. It's hard to resist, isn't it? Uh, Chris, thanks so much. Yeah, thanks so much for coming on. I know you've got a really busy morning. We really appreciate it. Good luck in the Cox play. Good luck in the spring champion. And good luck everywhere this afternoon. Thanks very much. There he is, Mick, uh, the star himself, Chris Waller. And I like what I heard from a few horses there. I thought uh, Winks, uh, not Winks, <laughs> Roots is looking like she's going to peak this afternoon. Winks might have already peaked, but um, typically she'd still blow them all out of the water. Yeah, that's a really, really good push for Roots. So I asked him if he could split them, and he, he almost did split them. He's just really interesting. So should be hard to beat today. And uh, look, I could have egg on my face because the more I'm starting to quiver over here, the more I hear him talk about fangirl, the more I kind of think, well, I've got this completely wrong. But very, very intriguing Cox Plate this afternoon as well. Hey, why don't we wrap up our best bets? Uh, What was yours again, mate? Uh, Best bet for me up in Sydney is race uh, race eight, number two, Espion. I'm slightly worried now. And just down in Melbourne, I thought uh, each way, race seven, number four, Apulia in the Vars. Super stuff. And just before we wrap up, I'll give you mine. We've got those tickets to the Golden, uh, what are we going to? Golden, Golden Eagle. Golden Eagle. Uh, that's going to Shane. Up he goes, Shane. Absolutely well hey. done. And uh, who's the other one to Alex? Who have we got? And Blake. Good on you, Blake. So we're going to give them to Simo, but I don't think Simo needs them. Um, super stuff. My best bet of the day will go to race six, number one, Huetor. Very keen on it. Hopefully we can continue the uh, the long run of success. We've had the best bets, Nico, and the pundits fill up. Yeah, absolutely. Let's see if we can keep going here this afternoon. It's Group 1 Spring Champion Stakes Day in Sydney. The invitation worth $2 million is up there as well. Make sure you grab tickets to Sydney Spring Carnival via theracers.com.au. That's it for the Sydney set this week. We'll catch you next time.